All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and tees and never. If you're Adriel, I'll just uh, shoot this thing out there. Let's do it. I'll retweet it once we go live. Yeah. Right, we'll see if this works. It's always a question mark with me operating things. I see us. We're good. We're good. Mm -hmm. All right. Byron. Joe. How are you, baby? I'm good. Got got a lot going on. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk through it, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you through it. We're gonna we're gonna talk it out. You can. Nice. I'm just here to listen. Um, I'm a sounding board. Just uh, let it all out tonight, big guy. I yeah. It you know we all knew it was coming at some point, but you know when it happens, it just hits different. So it's been been a rough few hours, but we've got the. The magic liquids of Alexa and, and love and, <laughs> and prosperity going on. So we, we're okay. Well, I appreciate you being with us, Byron. Um, welcome into the Turn Golf Podcast. I uh, appreciate all you guys joining. Uh, appreciate Byron hopping on with us tonight. AP is uh, off somewhere, probably writing like a legal brief on this live court situation. Uh, so shout out AP. Um, no, AP uh, actually got called into work tonight, so we uh, we appreciate Byron hopping in. A uh, good friend of ours, a uh, colleague of a Roto Baller, um, and and we advise you guys to uh, check out rotoballer.com. You can uh, find Byron's article over there, Breaking 100, um, just added this year. It's been a huge success. Uh, you're doing so well with that, man. Uh, another winner, Tom Kim last week at the Wyndham, and I think that's four, Byron, in like 21 columns. Is that right? Since you started over at Rotoballer, that's your fourth outright win, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So uh, how, how does it feel, man? Tell us a little bit about uh, about how you came along, Tom Kim, last week, and and uh, give us your thoughts on the Wyndham kind of as a whole. Yeah, Tom Kim was one of, those, one of those guys that we bet on that just showed up, didn't have, you know, obviously too much track record to go for from a statistical standpoint. So it was more of a gut feel kind of a, wow, this guy's just hit the tour running. And I, I saw what he did, you know, he broke or tied the course record at the 3M on Sunday. And that was off the merits of his approach play, which, you know, I'm a big, big fan of, of, you know, guys that can hit the irons really well. I mean, that's just, you know, number one, predictor of success on tour and turns out we didn't really need that we just needed him to gain 12 and a half strokes putting over four <laughs> which, days <laughs> which always helps <laughs> so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it went according to plan but there was a definite there was a definite method behind why we bet him and his accuracy off the tee is crazy it's nuts yeah. he's he's so accurate off the tee which i think played a big role in his success. You know, it allowed him to make all those birdie putts versus par putts. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, um, you know, it, it, it feels sustainable with him, right? Because of the iron play um, and, and because of the uh, the really good overall driving, but uh, specifically the iron play, as you mentioned. So 
um, doesn't really feel like a flash in the pan thing, right? Like like we've seen some of these guys pop on, win early, and you kind of never hear from them again. This this feels feels real with him, I, I think, right? Yeah, and he's he's missed one cut, I think, in the last seven or eight, and the rest of them have all been like top thirties. Most of them top twenties, yeah. you know. So the guy's just been dialed. He's just been. A, a model of consistency you know the ball striking's been there the whole time and that's what was needed at the Wyndham and it turns out you know you get you get a lucky putter it works out but you know he was he was some of those three irons he hit on the back nine were just insane just so good in the right spot and just kept doing it from the fairway all the time you know he hit one or two bad drives but everything else was so so calm under pressure everything you love to see from a, a guy that's in contention, you know, he could have easily pissed that away. That's what a lot of people have done better people yeah. than him. And he did and, well. And so. he was on 59 watch Sunday, <laughs> which is nuts kind of right when he's in the thick of things. So, uh, and maybe the most impressive thing, uh, I don't think we brought it up. Maybe the most impressive thing of the week, he, he opened the week, opened the tournament with an eight with a quad. Um, so regrouped, uh, showed a ton of mental toughness there. Um, so just very impressive all the way around, man. Uh, big win for him and a, and a big win for you, Byron. Uh, as I mentioned, you can catch Byron's article out at rotoballer.com every single week. Um, so we encourage you to go over there. You can check out my written content. Uh, great contributors like Spencer Aguiar, Josh Bennett, uh, Rob G does a pivots article over there. That's really fun. Um, so we encourage you to go over there, especially uh, over the next few weeks as, as we're stopping uh, kind of hopping into the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, which which we're going to dive into momentarily. The uh, FedEx St. Jude Championship, the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, we're in Memphis this week, Byron. Uh, AP and I, we're on Tennessee time in our home state. Um, and, and I really like this event. Uh, very successful uh, week last year for me in this event. Really good. Um, playing at TPC Southwind in Memphis. This golf course is a par 70, 7,233 yards, so a pretty lengthy par 70, um, and normally plays pretty tough. This is not a birdie fest, kind of like we've seen over the last few weeks um, at the Wyndham Rocket Mortgage 3M. Um, this is a little bit different golf course and, and a very different field than we've seen really since the Open Championship. Uh, Bermuda Greens this week, I, I think it's important, really important to hit fairways. Um, really important to uh you know have some good arm play which we know is always important but that's especially the case here because um so many water hazards uh and so much trouble kind of kind of lurking out there um give me any thoughts on the golf course byron and kind of any uh statistics that you're targeting this week yeah i think you pretty much covered the the iron play aspect of it this is the most i ramp my model up i'm, I'm like sitting at 45 percent total approach play this week which is about almost half of you know what I throw in there and it makes a lot of sense because if you look at who have who has succeeded at this venue it's guys that can absolutely just keep it I think a lot of the approach play has to deal with water and if you're coming from this rough this Bermuda rough can really really cause some issues and headaches for you and um if you're not driving in that fairway you can we saw what the the repercussions were last week if you if you're missing a fairway at a course that is, I think you can draw some similar comps to um, Sedgefield from last week with, with the tee to green game aspect of it. I think the greens will be a little easier this week. So there will be some guys like Russell Hanley that can maybe show up a little bit better than last week. 
But the, the main thing I'm really looking for is, is approach play from 125 to 200 yards. There's two thirds of shots will come from that proximity range this week, according to the last four events that have happened at this golf course. And, you know, there's some obviously really good players from that range, which we'll definitely have an eye on and talk about today. So that's pretty much the main, main thing I'm looking for this week. Yeah, uh, I agree, man. I, I love that angle. Uh, I'm kind of personally leaning on good drives gained this week. I feel like you really have to drive the golf ball well. Um, if you're not not finding fairways on this golf course, it's going to be really tough. Um, and, that, and that's why we do see some kind of ugly scores uh, on on this uh, par 70, 7,200 yard golf course. Um, I know there's the Cam Smith stuff, man. You touched on it uh, in your show earlier. Um, if you're not familiar with, uh, Byron's breaking, uh, or back nine bets podcast, sorry, breaking 100 back nine bets, a lot of bees, man. Uh, if you're, if you're not familiar with, uh, Byron's, uh, back nine bets, uh, podcast, definitely go to his, uh, Twitter account and check that out. Some really fun stuff tonight, some emotional stuff, and we're going to get into it as we, as we dive into the slate, man. So let's, if you're ready, Byron, let's just jump right in. We'll kind of kind of hit those things as as we move through the salary scale. Sounds good to me, buddy. Um, lucky I got that vent off my chest earlier, so we'll keep it PG for this one. Well, hey, we're we're keeping we're, the the microphone is always open. <laughs> Blow off any steam you need to. Um let, let's dive in the top of the DraftKings salary scale. Cam Smith is in the field this week. He's priced at 105. Uh, and several other players priced above 10K. John Rahm right at 10. JT at 10-2. Patrick Cantlay playing well at 10-3. Uh, the aforementioned Cam Smith there at 10-5. A lot of publicity for him today. Xander Shoffley at 10-6. Scotty Scheffler at 10-8. And Rory McIlroy at 11K. This field is obviously stacked. And, and the top of the salary scale reflects that. A bunch of guys priced above 10K this week, Byron. Um, kind of give me an overall uh, 30,000 foot view of what you're seeing at the top. And then if you want to zoom in on, on maybe your favorite play, maybe a guy that you're looking to fade up here. Yeah. So right off the bat, let's, let's go ahead and there's going to be four guys. I'm probably not going to be playing that much this week out of the seven. Okay. One of them is going to be Cam Smith because of all the stuff that's happened, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get there in two seconds. The other, the other three guys are Patrick Cantley, John Rahm, and, and Xander Shafley. They are all n- below elite level approach play from 125 to 200. I know, you know there's, there's other elements of their game, but all the other guys that are in the mix at the top here have similar off the tee games as, you know, Xander and Patrick, they can putt about as good as them too. But the proximity numbers from 125 to 200 are a big issue for me. And Xander is one of the biggest um, notable guys where his course history is not that amazing at this venue. And it kind of makes sense because he's over the last 24 rounds from 125 to 200, he's 90th in this field. And over the last two years, he's 59th from 125 to 200 which is an interesting thing. You know, he's very, very good at golf. But I think if you're going to bet a guy week in, week out, if you have statistics like this that really just show that he's, you know, suboptimal from that range, over the long period of time, I think it will pay off to fade him in a situation like this. If the ownership, you know, gets way low on him, might jump in. But 
I'm out on those on those four guys particularly because of the proximity numbers. Okay. Um, so you're in on you're in on who? Tell me who who are you in on yeah. up here? Who so you I guess like? yeah, Rory, Scotty, and JT. I would say, okay. but also the JT injury thing is a bit of a mm-hmm. you know like what's going on there. Was it a European? You know, like was he not in his element over you know across the pond? Is he going to be better now? It's been a while since he played last, so I'm assuming he's probably better by now. But also his ownership's way up there. So I guess if I were to pick two guys, it's Rory and Scotty. I think I'm, okay. I'm liking those two guys the most out of the seven. Yeah, um, Scotty Scheffler's my favorite up here. Um, it feels like he's kind of moved back in the DFS consciousness maybe a little bit, maybe the betting consciousness a little bit too. I, I think there are some good numbers out there on him earlier in the week at least. I uh, hadn't had a chance to look in the last couple of hours. Um, but he's had top 15s in his last two trips. Uh, to Memphis in this event, the ball striking numbers have remained great, uh, consistently good. The, the putter just hadn't cooperated quite as much as it was earlier in the year when he was racking those wins up. But going back to Bermuda Greens this week, Byron, which historically has been his best surface, um, I really like Scotty Scheffler's chances this week. Um, Rory, there's some question marks coming off that tough open championship, man. Um, you kind of wonder there's been a little bit of a layoff there. You can say that for several of the, these guys this week um, that, that hadn't teed it up since the Open. Um, but you kind of wonder where Rory is. We have seen him historically play really well down the stretch during the FedEx Cup playoffs. So, And he's played well at this golf course. So tough to argue with Rory. Um, Scotty's my favorite up here. Xander graded out really well for me, just kind of in my early week basic type of model. Um, so, you know, he's worth a look, um, uh, you know, before the open, we were talking about him as the hottest player in the world. Uh, one of the yeah. travelers, one of the Scottish, uh, you know, played really well there for a stretch, uh, and, and just hadn't, hadn't teed it up. So, you know, we don't really know what we're getting with Xander, but going in the open, he was extremely hot. Um, Cam Smith, I know a, a, a guy, a player that, that you really like, and I'll open the floor to you if you want to talk about this, this live stuff with him, but. Uh, we know he's an explosive player, um, played really well at this golf course last year, uh, had a top five, uh, you know, said in his press conference today, this golf course really suits his eye well. Um, so, you know, with all due respect, you have to lock Cam. And then Cantley, this is kind of the spot, man. I, I don't like Patrick Cantley in majors, don't really love him in birdie fest. So this just from a narrative perspective for me, just feels like a really sensible spot for Patrick, Patrick Cantlay, a, a guy that's been really, really solid, uh, hadn't won yet this year, but uh, seems on the verge with kind of his recent play. So um, elite guys, you know, probably not a bad option up here. Um, but we'll move into the nines unless there's something you want to add about Cam. Yeah, I mean, Cam is number one in my model. And that's not I – don't, I don't mess with the numbers or anything like that. He's – He's so primed for this golf course <clears throat> and particularly after what we saw over in Europe where he got that new driver. Um, I think I interacted with some guy on tour that mentioned that he got feedback from Cam on the driver and the fact that it's more forgiving allows him to hit. He's hitting a cut off the tee now versus a draw, which I think has completely changed the whole dynamic in his presser before he got asked about the live stuff, said that he's feeling the most comfort, confident, comfortable, confident comfortable comfortant in his 
driver he's ever felt before. And he's typically felt really comfortable on this golf course off the tee. So now you've got those two dynamics merging together. I bet him outright, you know, I was going to play him a bunch in DFS. If we're still looking at this thing from an objective perspective, he is, is really suited for this golf course, especially with his driver being one of his biggest weaknesses, kind of looking like it's trending in the right direction. His approach plays fantastic as always. Makes the most birdies on tour, putts, lights out, likes this golf course. You know, he's 10-5. There's a lot of guys ex more expensive than him. But, you know, like, what's the support? I mean, I know he beat Rory in, in Scotland, so he doesn't really give a crap about who's cheering for him and who's not. Yeah. So if you're looking to make money and you're not letting emotions get in the way, I think he's still a great play. But man, it's just like, what's going to happen? You know, there's so much stuff going on around him. Very disappointing. The PGA Tour is losing the world number two golfer in the world. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not certain, certain, but I mean, I mean, it's 99%, right? The, the, it did not look good today uh, in the press conference. Did not look good. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, why not just kill it? If you're not going, why not just shoot it down and kill it? You know, as you're getting ready to head into the FedEx Cup playoffs today. So, yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, I agree. We we messaged a little bit earlier today, uh, back and forth, that the, it, it just sucks, man. It just sucks. But, you know, guys got right every route in the world to make as much money as they can. Um, you know, in comparison to other sports, golfers are way underpaid. Um, you know, even though they're still making ridiculous money, that that is the case when you look at some of these contracts in other sports. So, you know, don't begrudge these guys making the money they can, but from a from a fan perspective, it sucks, man. It's splitting splitting everything up, watering everything down on both sides. Um, you know, I just don't I just don't ever really see myself caring about a live event. Um, but you know, as these great players start jumping, uh, you know what's going to be left on the PGA Tour. So um that's kind of a discussion for another day we could have at length um but we'll jump back in the salary scale I, my feelings on cam man um i have concerns about the driver i do know it is heading the right direction obviously uh won the open championship but that's a golf course where he had a lot a lot of room to operate off the tee uh, my concern with him is always the driver um you know and this is a golf course where you do have to hit fairways so you know maybe if if some people are on the fence about cam uh, I think that maybe kind of gives you perspective from both sides. Um, the way you kind of were split on him a little bit this week, Byron. Um, but he's an explosive player. So, uh, you know, I, I, I never, never uh, would begrudge anybody rostering Cam. But let's move into the nines. Uh, a really deep 9K range. Uh, a lot of quality players, and we'll see that. It's a, it's a recurring th theme throughout this salary scale. Uh, very deep field. Uh, one of the better ones we, we'll see and have seen all year. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, defending U.S. Open champion, kind of leads off the 9K range there at 9,800. Tony Finau coming in off back-to-back -back wins uh, in his last two starts, playing well at 97. Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young, a couple young players that I, I think we all love. Uh, Jordan Spieth, the vet, been quiet as of late, and Victor Hovland, who made a very nice run in the Open Championship. Um, kind of a lot to unpack here. Um, Got some guys in great form, some guys that have been kind of quiet. Uh, give me your thoughts on the 9K range, Byron. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And my my eyes jump immediately to Victor Hovland, who is, I'm just going to be, you know, harping on this 125 to 200 yard because you don't get a lot of courses that have approach weigh that heavily on success at a course. And I know you're a big course history guy, you know, your articles was for the course. And I think if you look at this course, I'm surprised history, that, that Victor's course history isn't better. Yeah. I know. And I think it's got, it's, it's very, very weird how he, you know, he's, he's got that major around the green deficiency in his game, which I think is just really just sucking all the air out of the room for him. He's not allowing him to build any momentum. He has to make a lot of putts if he's wanting to, you know, avoid bogeys and stuff when he misses the green. But if you're looking to bet a guy that's got incredible upside and his irons are on fire this week, Mm-hmm. He is second and third over long term and short term in this field from 125 to 200. So he's also one of the, the the better drivers on tour when it comes to accuracy and distance. So he's he's going to be in the fairway a lot, which makes a big difference here. We saw that he was he was doing better, you know, at the open. I don't know if he can really glom on to that kind of success that much. And he's a really good, you know, he's a really good putter in general, but. If he's missing a lot of greens, he's going to be in trouble this week. So he's got a lot of risk. But if he hits a lot of greens, he's going to be in good shape. But this course doesn't really predict that you're going to be doing it that much. But he's also 9K. And we know that this guy can do well. And he's a really good ball striker. And that's what this course requires. So hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm okay going there a little bit, especially if there's like a Sam Burns that's in that just two spots below him. That's almost like triple the ownership of what, yeah. what Victor's Um. It's, yeah. It brings up a uh, kind of talking about Victor there brings up a an interesting aspect that we hadn't really touched on much yet, and that's bogey avoidance um, and the ability to kind of scramble around the green and make pars. Um, an underlying common thread when you look back at, at former winners of this event, they've been really good around the green, um, really good at bogey avoidance. Um, this is a tricky golf course. These greens are small. Um, so, you know, maybe that, maybe that kind of circles back around to why Victor hadn't had much success here. Um, you know, he's just not successful getting the ball up and down when he misses a green. Um, but you do love the ball striking. You love the tee to green ability. And if this course feels like a, a really nice fit for a guy like Victor. So, you know, certainly as a GPP option, I don't think there'll be much ownership at all there this week. Um, so it's definitely worth a look. Um, anyone else in the nine K range that's kind of sticking out to you? There's a couple guys that, that I really like this week. Um, anyone outside of Victor sticking out for you there? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, both Tony and Willie Z. Obviously they, they're very popular players this week. I think they're going to be, you know, sought after by a lot of DFS players. And Tony's looking like he's going to be one of the better, you know, owned guys this week, which I think you can jump to Willie if you're looking for a very similar um, product of a player. But it's just what's Will's going to, what's Willie going to do on the greens again? You know, I think he putted well here last year, which I think is good. You like to see that. And he's been, he's been playing fantastic golf. You know, he's just, it's just, I think he's just frustrated. I think he's seeing all these people around him, you know, like Tom Kim coming in and just winning this thing and all of a sudden making himself into the, the FedEx Cup playoffs before, before Willie even did it last year. I think that 
a little bit of salt in the wound for him. So he could come out here just ready to go. Got a new caddy. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, parted ways parted ways with his caddy mid tournament last week, which is is yeah. very unusual. We we rarely see that mid tournament. So, um, you know, there's obviously some things going on there. Uh, whether that that turns out to be a good or bad thing, I don't know. I do really like him in this spot. Um, we we've talked about a lot on the show in the past that uh, Zalatoris is a, is kind of an outlier man by by the fact that he's he's really kind of hurt by the golf courses that the PGA tour plays on. Um, he's not, you know, not normally, uh, going to go out at a Wyndham and and shoot a 26 or 28 under go to a rocket mortgage or a three M and do that. Um, it's just, it's just not his game. Um, he's better suited for these more challenging tests. Um, the, the golf courses that really, you know, test your abilities from tee to green um and we know he's one of the best in the world uh in that aspect so i, w- I really like willie z this week uh th- feels like he's fired up you know it feels like a win's coming uh we, we keep saying that but you know i do think it'll come uh, at a golf course like this that's a tougher test um so at 9500 really like willie z uh, my other highlight here in the 9k range is matt fitzpatrick um a guy that you know, even though he's a U.S. Open champion, kind of feels like he he's maybe slipped out of mind just a just a bit. Um, but great course history here, two top six finishes in his last three starts on this golf course, Byron. Um, he's added that distance, but um, maintained a really nice level of accuracy, 18th and good drives gained in this field over the last 24 rounds. Uh, this golf course suits his game really well, and uh, along with Willie Z, he's my favorite play in the 9K range. What any thoughts oh, yeah. on Fitzy? Yeah, he's 11th in good driving's game for my model. So that's even for the last two years, right? And I don't know if that that's obviously lost a bit of importance since he's picked up some distance. You're going to lose some accuracy. But Fitz is one of the worst guys from the 125 to 200 range, which is a little baby concern. But the course history uh, is fine. You know that kind of offsets that concern for me, and I'm. I'm totally okay playing him, especially if he's around that that um, Tony Finau range, because I think everyone's going to be going to Tony. I think Fitzy's a little bit of a sneaky play. He's the freaking U.S. Open champion. People. Yeah, what and and it's and it's played well since. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, there's a lot to like for me there. I mean, you can make the argument that you know he's so close to the the tippy top tier guys that you could maybe just bump on up. Um, but I really like Fitzy on this course at, 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 with a sub 10K price tag with with the form, uh, the fit, and the course history. Um, just really quickly on Cam Young, any thoughts there? Has played really well. He's kind of in that, that Willie Z zone where he seems to be perpetual runner-up. Um, but we saw a great performance at the Open. Uh, followed that up with a, a really great performance uh, in Detroit, right? Um, so any thoughts on Cam Young? We know he has the skills from tee to green, um, though it feels like he's a little bit more reliant just on, on pure power off the tee, uh, which, which I don't know how far that'll get him here because you do need to be in the fairway. But, uh, any thoughts on Cam Young really quickly before we move to the 8k range? Yeah. So I'm going to compare Cam Young to Rory McIlroy. I think his accuracy is very good for a guy that hits it as far as he does. And if you look at Rory, Rory, I looked at his um, stats at Southwind, and he's averaged, I think over the last 12 rounds or 10 rounds, he's averaged over a stroke off the tee at this venue. So, you know, we got this big idea of keeping it accurate, but 
there's certain guys that have just extreme length that can still hit it way down there. And if you're hitting a wedge compared to a seven iron out of this Bermuda rough, I think you're still okay. And I think both of these Rory and Cam Young can do that. And we've seen Cam succeed at Harbortown. We've seen him succeed everywhere. So never count him out, especially if he's going to be kind of, you know, a forgotten son. So I'm a big fan of Cam. And then Jordan Spieth as well, I think he's going to be a very, I think he's going to be one of the lowest owned guys going in this, into this event. And his putting has been very bad, and it's, but it's trending in the right way. So I don't want to ever mess with the Jordan Spieth that's high owned with a crappy putter, but I'll take a gamble on him when, mm. when the putter might be looking to be okay at low ownership. So that's kind of my vibe in the nine, the nine K range. Yeah. Well, you know, you never have taught me in a Jordan Spieth. Um, yeah. And like you said, I, I think he'll probably be the lowest on guy uh, in the nine K range. I mean, we, we might catch him at sub, sub, 10% ownership. So Gordon Spieth at sub 10 and his putting has been better. So it's not like it's bad. Yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. Um, let's talk about some guys in the eight K range. Uh, feels like a kind of an obvious by low spot on Colin Morikawa though. It's tough, man. Even, even with that finish at the masters, even with that finish at the U S open, it, it, it just feels like he's been fighting a little bit this year to me. Um, but at 8,700, uh, and, and with the odds, you can, you can bet him outright. Tough to ignore Colin there, uh, on a golf course that feels like it's suited perfectly for his game. Uh, Sam Burns is, is one of those guys we mentioned when we, when you talk about a Cam Young or Roy McElroy, a guy that hits it really, really far and can hit it really accurately at times. Um, lost in a playoff on this course last year. We know his track record on Bermuda Greens. Sung JM coming off a very nice performance at the Wyndham, a runner-up. Uh, Hideki was in that playoff last year as well with Sam Burns and Abe Answer. Uh, Shane Lowry uh, had a strong year all around. Billy Horschel, tremendous course history. Uh, then we got Joaquin Neiman and your your guy, Tom Kim, rounding out the 8K range. Uh, a lot of interesting plays here, Byron. Um, quality players. Uh, this feels very deep. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame anybody just – for wanting to camp out in the eight Ks this week, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and you can, it's funny. I've got this little ownership color graph and next to the guy's names and you, you scroll from that, that nine K range. And all of a sudden you got this thick chunk of, of red, which is, you know, high ownership. And it makes sense because these guys are all very good players that can absolutely win this freaking golf tournament. And they sitting in, there's not even eight, nine, guy right i think the colin marikawa is the top of the range at 87 so um when the moment sam burns came out at 86 it was just like what are we doing why is he why is he even in that range and and you know it's he's going to be pushing 30 percent, and i don't know if i can get on board with that at all yeah but i'm totally cool jumping either side of him going to colin and sungjay we have shown and colin's colin's irons have been really good actually i don't think a lot of people He's one of the best iron players in the world, and I'm going to harp on it the whole time. I'm totally cool taking my chances with the guy's short game. If you if you got Tita Green elite-level prowess, Colin, Victor, those boys, Sanjay. Yeah, yeah they can hit it so good that yeah. you know they're they're rarely scrambling. Uh, they're, they're rarely forced to chip, you know, when they're, yeah. when, when they're hitting it, you know, as well as they're capable of hitting it. 
Yeah, and these guys are professional golfers. They can putt lights out every now and then too. So you're taking a gamble on them, and that's why you're not, you know, if you want to ditch Sam Burns, that's okay. And obviously Sam Burns is a fantastic player here because the course history and he's putting on Bermuda is just unbelievable. You know, it's just it's it's so good. But you know, if you really want to get get frisky, you can go either side of them, and and then um, Tom Kim obviously. I think I saw a quote of him saying that I enjoy something about not to, I enjoy not taking time off. <laughs> like that's yeah. how much I love golf, you know? So he's 20 years old. I remember playing golf in the holidays every day, 36 holes. I was 16. He's 20, whatever. It's like, he can do it. I'm not worried about yeah. burnout fatigue. I'm more worried about the, the lack of preparation you might have, you know, going mm -hmm. into this week after winning, but whatever, ride that train. I think the guy's just trending. He's, he's looking good. Everything about his game suits his golf course. If he never won last week, I would love him here. So let's, let's go again. I've got him for another outright again this week. Yeah. You and I, uh, in messages earlier today, we're, we're talking about that. And I, I agree with you, man. I really like the idea of just going right back to him here. Um, at AK. I don't know that many folks will. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where it feels like if he finished T3 last week, like everybody would be on, but because he won, it kind of scares people off. Um, so from, you know, a, a GPP perspective, uh, keep an eye on that ownership. Won't hesitate to just jump right back on Thomas the Train. Love his attitude, love his game. Um, as you mentioned, he's a grinder. Um, just just like a fellow South Korean Sung J.M., there at 8,500, a guy that played really well last last week. We know that he can get hot. Um, Billy Horschel, um, a guy I rarely roster, but someone I'm pretty interested in this week just because of the course history is so good. Um, you got any thoughts on Billy Ho? Have you looked at him at all this week? Yes, and I think this is the perfect situation for the listeners. If, you, if you're a course history guy, listen to Joe. If you're a guy that you think – um, his stats in general, long-term, short-term, all of that. I'm looking at Billy's approach play over the last two years, the last 24 rounds, the last 12 rounds, and nothing cracks the top 75 on approach. So you, yeah. you, you're gambling on that. And I know these professional, I'm, I know we all go to golf courses that suit our eye better. And I understand that. And his course history is fantastic, but from a approach play angle, it's not looking good at all for him, but I've got him 14th in the model for course history. So he's <laughs> definitely, definitely up there. Great short game, very accurate off the tee. Maybe that helps, you know, the approach side of things. It's kind of like letting the dominoes fall down a little bit, but I'm totally cool just going to Tom Kim instead. You know, but he's going to be 13 and Tom's 16. Yeah. Um, cool guy, Tom, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it is a course history play. Um, five top tens uh, in 11 career starts on this golf course. Um, you can make the argument a lot of those were were uh, against much softer fields back when this event was just kind of a regular PGA Tour event. This, uh, this event used to be the week before the U.S. Open, uh, I believe, pretty much annually. Um, and then we saw, saw it shift to WGC the last couple of years and now the first leg of the playoffs. So, um, you can kind of make the argument uh, some of those finishes were were against uh, lesser talent, um, but 
top twenty fives and well. yeah, top twenty fives in each of his last two starts. I'm not I'm not a Billy Horschel uh defender or guy by any means. Uh just just throwing out the course history there. And he is a streaky, unpredictable player. I mean he a uh, huge win at the Memorial early this year. That came on the heels of a miscut at, at Colonial the previous week, a golf course where he, you know, on paper should have played really well. Uh, missed a cut there, lost two strokes, I think, tee to green, and goes and wins the Memorial. So that's just Billy Horschel in a nutshell. Uh, you know, he's always a GPP-only type of play for me. Um, you know, I think we can agree there's there's a lot of interesting options there in the 8K range this week, Byron. And we can say that about the 7Ks as well, man. Um, kind of kind of shows the the true depth of this field, the the quality of player that we can that we can roster here in the 7Ks, and that that leads off with my guys like Max Homa, Trail Hatton, Russell Henley. Um, you know, very high quality players. Uh, Corey Connors pops out at 7600. Um, a guy that's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. We hadn't really talked much about lately. Mino Pereira down there at 7,500. Um, you got some course history plays. A Keith Mitchell, uh, who's a Tennessee boy there at 7,400. Webb Simpson uh, from the southeast, familiar with this type of golf, has played really well on this course. But, you know, coming off a off a brutal miscut where where he's a, a course history beast at Sedgefield. So um, some, some question marks surrounding Webb. Um, but, but quality plays available all throughout the sevens, um, highlight a couple for me, man, who, who's standing out for you in this price range. Yeah. So real quick, I played 25% web at Sedgefield at 10 K or whatever he was. He's now going to be a fifth of the ownership at 73 K at a course that he's played pretty well at. He's got not probably as good a course history, but he's got very good course history here too. So if you're a big course history guy and you're looking, I mean, you have to play like just a few webs and you, you're like looking good. But if there's guys that I really like, it's Russell Henley. Is, his iron play is starting to do that thing that Russell Henley does before he starts getting into that disappointing Russell Henley couldn't finish situation. Nuclear mode. Yeah. He, him and Tom Hoagie over the last two, two events slash eight rounds, are the two best guys in this field. And that includes all the players in the field, right? So you got Colin, JT, Cam, all those boys, and Tom and, and um, you know, Russell are out there just showing them up. So if you're looking to lean on approach, Russell is definitely that guy. I love him. He's cheap. Going to be a little spendy on the ownership side, but I'm okay with it. If you're going to get frisky somewhere else, you know, I love Russell Henley. He's very, very good, and he's his best surface i think is bermuda he really likes to put on bermuda grass mm -hmm. and then um you mentioned Corey connors which i love his putting has got very very much improved over the last little while and he's still a ball striking god and then i'll just mention seamus power who i always seem to mention on this show and when it comes to playing in big events when it comes to playing difficult golf courses i think seamus is I, I always want him on my card. I always want him in my player pool. Yeah. He's he's so good at avoiding. He's second in this field in bogey avoidance over the it's, last two years. Yeah, and, and it's played well here. Uh, only a couple starts uh, at TPC yes. Southwind, but uh, a T27 and a T12, 68.8 uh, scoring average. So uh, a lot, lot to like about Seamus there. That's not even this year's Seamus either. You know, right. we've, got, yeah. we've got a Seamus that just made three out of four major cuts. 
finished inside the top 20 and top 10 in two of those events. The guy's a baller. And when it comes to the big events, he shows. And when I think, you know, he, he does well on these difficult golf. He's like a, a, a poor man's version of Matty Fitz, I would say, you know, before Matty Fitz won the US Open and gained a ton of muscles and testosterone injector braces and stuff. But, <laughs> you know, we're not going to get into that, that, <laughs> that hypothetical. But, um, yeah. And then Mito. Mito, from a long-term perspective of statistics, I think he really fits his golf course really nicely too. He played pretty crappy leading up into the Open. But we've had a month off and, yeah. you know, I'm totally okay taking a chance on a guy that's played poorly for a long period of time or just a short, ugh, let me repeat that quickly. When you've played well over a long period of time and then had a really brief period of poor play, like the six miscuts and then have a break, I'm cool going back to that guy after a month off. Yeah. So I feel like you've just figured your stuff out again. You took the time off. When I go camping for a week, I come back, I'm revitalized. Let's go. I love his baseline. I'm not worried about Mito. Let's do it. And then Keegan Bradley as well. I'm always going to mention him. He's just too good of a ball striker to not bring up, especially with his putting not being bad anymore. So those are guys I like. Okay. Yeah, I like the angle on Mito. Um, as you mentioned, great long-term form. Kind of fell off a cliff a little bit lately. So, he, as you said, Byron, he's a guy where, you know, you kind of like seeing that that lengthy break um, after the Open. And, and all of these guys, man, they, they're getting geared up for these FedEx Cup playoffs. There's a lot of money at stake. Um, reaching that, that tour championship, that top 30, um, means, a, means a ton to these guys going forward. A lot of lot of incentives come with that. Um, so these guys are working with their coaches. They've been working on their game. Um, so, you know, you could definitely see a guy like Mito who's played well uh, for the majority of the year but hit a little rough patch. You could definitely see him kind of uh, putting the train back on the tracks this week. Um, Corey Connors, um, I'll, I'll just toss it out there. It's pretty obvious. He, he kind of It kind of feels like he's, as you mentioned with Russell Henley, it kind of feels like he's hitting that gear right now. Uh, had a tremendous ball striking week last week. Um, Chris Kirk is a guy that I that I've leaned on heavily throughout the year. Um, a little bit of a dip there, kind of kind of during that Open Championship swing at, at the Scottish in the Open. Um, but but he's a guy that I'll buy on this golf course. I like the fit there. Uh, saw Tagala, we know how explosive he can be. Um, and JT Poston is just, just one of those guys that's on a heater right now. So there's uh, really a lot of ways you can go in the 7K range. Down at the very bottom, there's even some guys I don't mind taking a look at. Chez Reavy um, is not a guy that we're going to play every week on every golf course. He's he's very, very short off the tee, um, but he is very accurate, um, and that's led to good results at this golf course. Um, you know, he's only a few weeks removed from a, from a win. It was an opposite field event. Uh, but a win nonetheless. So I think you can look at Ches Reavy here. Um, had a really good final round um, last week. Uh, Scott Stallings, a Tennessee boy who's been on fire. Honestly, on if we're fire. talking about if we're talking about iron play, um, AP and I talked about a lot on here. Um, he's he's good buddies with Scott, and when he's hitting it well, man, and he's confident, um, this dude can just hit it super close consistently. So. Uh, really like Scott Stallings there at 7,100. Um, if you want to buy on, on some upside at a, at a very discounted rate, Denny McCarthy, uh, it's kind of an interesting bounce back spot. 
the chalk chalk of uh, of all chalk it felt like last week and just completely busted um at sedgefield when a lot of people were on him um i, I don't know that the fit's great um but he's he's a good scrambler and an excellent putter um and, and if his ownership's going to take a huge hit this week um kind of similar to Webb, man we're, we're getting him at a discounted price and discounted ownership um, so, so there's some interesting plays. I know you like Emiliano Grio, um, down there at seven K. I know he's, uh, he's a guy you're on this week as we move down into the sixes, um, and move below Grio there at seven K who's sticking out to you kind of as a discount play this week. I'm going to just kind of nudge my way into the sevens and say, Jason day at seven flat, especially after the WD last week. He was playing really good golf. Shout out to Teal Sports. I mean, I think Jason Day is a is a very good GPP play. You know, I think he's got immense upside. His iron play has been really trending in the right direction until he he withdrew. I don't know if he. I don't know why he would, unless he was like playing on a perfectly. His back was all jacked up, but he was playing really well. I don't know what the deal was, but he withdrew. He was playing really good golf. I'm gonna go he back heard to about this. Uh, he heard about this Aussie live thing, and he thought thought he was in there. <laughs> I know, man. Those, you know, Cam Smith gave me a chance to forgive Aussies for for all the indiscrepancies across the multiple sports that they've um, injust South Africans in. But it seems like we're going back backwards in that department now. But I love Jason Day. I love his upside. I love okay. all that nonsense. And then Mark Hubbard. Mark Hubbard's a nice guy. I really like. He is accurate. He's a good iron player. And he's a good putter, and he avoids bogeys in a big way. He's got a decent course history here. Sixty nine hundred bucks. Love Mark Hubbard. And then um, we got Aaron Rye is another guy I mentioned um, earlier today. He's he's also just doing everything very steadily. He's also sixty eight hundred dollars. Love that. And then my best. My, my little sneaky, if you grab him at the right exact time, it's Troy Merritt. And he's entering the week after the last 12 rounds as the fifth best approach player in this field. And then not just that he's the best approach player over the last 12 rounds, like tied fifth. He's also extremely accurate off the tee. And he's also a very good putter on Bermuda. He's also a very good putter in general, which gives me all the confidence in the world that if history of the last 12 rounds repeats itself we are looking at a troy merit that is going to be 6700 bucks less than five percent owned and just cooking with gas and i'm i'm going to get really aggressive on him this week i think i'm going to put him in a lot of lineups i mean if i was a joe nicely i would say he's going to be part of my core four okay i'm a very aggressive player when it comes to gp please i'm okay losing all my money in one week if it means i'm going to win it all but I like Troy Merritt a lot this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on most of the guys you mentioned, actually, Byron. Uh, Troy Merritt's very interesting. Uh, Aaron Rye, also very interesting. Um, I'll throw out a couple more names. Um, my favorites down here. I'm just an Alex Smalley guy. I was all in last week. Um, I think this is a nice fit as well. Uh, Tom Hoagie. Uh, has had a tremendous year, but he's kind of hit that wall like we were talking about with Mito Pereira, but um, looked really good in his last start. Uh, and, and if we start diving into kind of season-long stuff, 
uh, Hoagie's up there, you know, with amongst the best ball strikers on tour this year. Um, yeah. So, so if he's kind of regained, refound that form uh, that we saw earlier in the year, uh, I, I really like him at sixty eight hundred dollars. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside there at that price. Um, Ryan Palmer's got good course history. Um, I think Trey Mullinax is a really sneaky play at 6,500. Um, is playing the, the best golf of perhaps his career, uh, coming off that huge win a couple of weeks ago and then played really well in the open championship. Um, he, he's from Birmingham, Alabama, went to the university of Alabama. He's very familiar with this area, with this type of golf, uh, and has a T six and a T 18, uh, and two prior starts at TPC Southwind. So a super talented guy who's kind of had some weird, funky things happen to him. Got hit hit in the head with a golf ball, uh, derailed him there, and and kind of sent him That's sent him back to the KFT. Yeah. Do what, Sorry. Byron? I didn't hear you. I think, was it Cam that hit him in the head? <sighs> I can't that, remember. I can't remember the exact. Wise? Sorry. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was Cam and Aaron Wise at the uh, PGA at Southern Hills. Yeah, Mullinax, man, he got a really serious head injury from I think he was maybe playing in a pro am a few a couple years ago. I mean, this was a talented kid um, at the University of Alabama. Caught a stray one. uh, I'm pretty sure in a pro am a few years ago. And kind of, kind of set him back, derailed his career a little bit. You know, he had to had to go back to the KFT last year, um, and kind of, kind of working his way back. This is uh, talent's never been the issue with Mullinax. Um, you know, he's he had that uh, some some question marks about his work ethic. So I mean, there are some things, uh, but a talented guy who's who's playing really well and has played well on this golf course in the past. Um, you know, just a, just a guy I don't mind uh, kind of going heavy on in GPPs at $6,500. Um, you know, I, I think they're viable plays all the way down. I mean, we're talking about the top 125 guys on the PGA Tour for the season. Um, so this is this is one of those rare weeks when you can, you know, even get down towards towards the bare minimum and, and have some, you know, viable options. A Doug Gim, a James Hahn we've seen play well. Uh, Pete Malnati's a guy familiar with the area that can get hot. Um, so, I mean, there, there are some options all the way down to the bottom of the salary scale. I don't know that you need to go there this week um, with all the excellent talent that's kind of in the mid, you know, 7K and up range. Um, there, there's not really a need to go stars and scrubs, but I think certainly think you can. That's a pretty, pretty interesting uh, line to take with roster construction this week. Um, so, so there's some neat things you can do, uh, playing around with, uh, with lineup bills this week for sure. Um, but while we're down here in the six K range, we kind of come to that point in the show, Byron, uh, we do our darts and our hearts. So, uh, since we've been talking about these lower price plays, man, who is your dart throw of the week? I think I know who it is, but go ahead and give it to me. What, what is the price range that I have to go underneath? Yeah. On the dark man, you can. It, it's a it's a long shot, dark horse. Um, there's no set price range, yeah. man. We're I'm gonna go you're, with Grillo. you're you're our guest, so uh, you know the the floor I'll go is with open. Definitely qualifies as a dart throw. Yep, and then I was gonna say runner up would be Troy Merritt. I was I'm I was up. gonna guess you were gonna say Troy Merritt. Yeah, I just I think Grillo is showing more for longer, and I know what he can do where Troy is just kind of like, I'm really picking right at a perfect time in his, 
in his approach. But that's what I'm doing up at the bottom. And then if I were to pick a guy that's not Cameron Smith that broke my heart today. Yeah, let's let's top, talk about talk about your heart. How broken is it? It's very can broken. You, can you still fit Cam Smith in there? Can we keep the streak alive on this show? We've been banned. I was banned from from doing this on the show. On this show, so I can't say Cam Smith. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go with my heart, especially with the world number two potentially leaving the PGA Tour, I want the PGA Tour's brave heart to come out firing this week, and it's going to be Rory McIlroy. I know he's the obvious favorite, but he got did in by Cam at the at the open and i hope he just kicks his ass this year at the Mem- at in memphis at this event and just continues to do it and just wins all three of them him or scotty i'll take it whatever okay i know you were uh i know you were pulling for cam at the open but man it really sucked that rory didn't win that thing <laughs> and it, it sucks even more in hindsight now <laughs> so uh I, I, got got rory uh Man, that one was tough. Um, my dart, uh, yeah, I like uh, I like Mullinax. If we're talking about a deep dive, um, lock him down there. Our boy Scotty Stallings, I like. So, a couple darts from me there. Um, I'll, Joe, I'll, I'll toss both those guys out. Who is your one dart? One dart. dart. All right, man. Mm, let me see here. There's so many options this week. So many know, ways you can go. A dot. Cesarevi, 7,100. Accurate off the tee. I like the course history. I like the price. Uh, final round, 66. Uh, coming off a of final round, 66. I always like to catch these guys coming off a hot round. So I'm going Cesarevi as my dart throw this week, Byron. My heart is telling me, let's go with, let's go with all the way to the top. Let's go Scotty Scheffler. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I think he uh, kind of refines the putter this week on these Bermuda greens. Um, lock his chances of getting another win. Uh, lock his chances of playing really well throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs. So my heart is leading me to Scotty Scheffler. That's my man. That's going to be your winner this week. Also, lock really, really like Willie Z. Um, but yeah, Scotty is my guy and Chaz is my guy. Uh, Byron is going with Rory and Emiliano Grio. So that's where we are this week. Check out Byron's uh, Breaking 100 article. Check out his Back Nine Bets show. Uh, you can find that on Twitter. You can find uh, Breaking 100 over at rotoballer.com as well as all of our other great content. If you want to sign up for our premium package, use promo code TURN, T-U-R-N. Um, we, we appreciate you guys checking us out so much. Like and retweet, try to share the show. We're going to try to keep this thing going for you throughout the fall. Um, hopefully AP and I can pull that marathon out with, uh, buddies like Byron hopping on and kind of helping us and giving us a break. We're going to, we're going to try to keep going through winter for y'all. We appreciate you, uh, watching, appreciate you listening, uh, give us a like on YouTube, subscribe over there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you want to listen. Uh, you should be able to find us, and you can always follow us on Twitter. Um, so we, we appreciate y'all for joining. Thanks, Byron. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Yep. Uh, good yep. luck this week, buddy. You too, boss. All right. It's going to drive.